Optimizing your real estate business with artificial intelligence with today's special guest, Matthew Pezan. Podcasters, YouTubers, and social media mavens, today's episode is powered by Video AI. This AI-driven platform is your new editing sidekick, transforming long-form content into viral-ready clips for TikTok, Reels, and Shorts in a snap. With over 750,000 creators and marketers already hooked, it's time to turn hours of editing into minutes. Get started for free at artificialintelligencepod.com forward slash video and watch your content game change forever. Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now, then you come to the right place. Welcome to the Artificial Intelligence Podcast, where you will learn how to use artificial intelligence to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. I am so excited to have you here today, Matthew, because you're using AI in a way that I'm not, which is what my audience loves to hear about, which is that we can use it in real everyday businesses to handle tasks. A lot of people just think, oh, AI is just for tech nerds or just for bloggers. But there's so much you can do in these other real world businesses that are out interacting with real people. And I want to hear just how you got into AI and some of the first ways you started implementing it. Let's just like hit the ground running. Yeah, sure. Jonathan, thank you so much for having me. And um, so AI actually came up, came along uh, at a really good time for me and my business. Um, I left my corporate job earlier this year. And so I have been building processes, procedures, really ramping up our social media. And the, the timing couldn't have been better. I mean, there's a lot of content, instructions, procedures, processes to create automations to set up. And and so um, it was, in a way, right place at the right time for me. Um, so very thankful for that. Uh, did you want me to start diving in or did you want, do you have another couple questions? That's a great place to start, which is yeah. that we often forget that everyone uses social media, not just yeah. people teaching social media that, especially for real estate agents and people in the real estate business, it's massively about your network. Now, when I grew up, it was all about whose face you saw on the bus bench, but things have obviously changed significantly since then. And everyone I know in real estate is really doing well, is doing a lot of cold calling and they're doing a lot to get their presence out there. They have a massive TikTok or they have a massive LinkedIn and it's about building that audience. So I definitely want to dive into what you mentioned first, which is process, which is so important. So when you left corporate, you're like, I have to build my own business. The first thing you focused on was process. That was one of the first things because I found that I had all this knowledge accumulated in my head over the years and I needed to, for me, it was almost second nature because I had been buying houses for 10 years off market. And then I realized, oh, geez, my team doesn't really know this stuff (laughs) that, you know, they had some experience, but I really needed to get things out of my head. So I started experimenting with some uh, individual training type things, you know, Loom videos and stuff like that, and or just Zoom recordings. And I found that, okay, now there's a video of this, there's an, uh, there, there's visual and there's, there's audio, but there's not a written procedure. And so then that was the next roadblock. Well, how do I get, so it, it was really the transition of how do I get this stuff out of my head onto paper into the heads of the, of the team. And so, um, that, that was really the biggest thing for me first was just, I need to train these folks. How do I do that efficiently? Uh, effectively and without taking up boatloads of my time. Really, what that's Which really tools? what I look to do. Yep. Yep. Which tools are you using to create your SOPs and to write down your processes to convert the videos into a checklist? Yeah. So um, for processes that um, we 
have over time, let's say things that I have in my head, a lot of times um, Loom has a bunch of integrations with different AI tools. Um, so I, I try to look at, um, for example, Cast Magic AI. I mean, they, they really try, they take audio and uh, distill it down to the written text. Um, so I use that. Loom now has a plugin. I don't know what AI they use, but they actually do a transcription real time um, in your, your recording. So I could be recording training videos. And then there's a transcription, which my team can then, um, and I believe that authorship is ownership. So once I record what to do, uh, then my team will will take that, the person that's responsible to do that task, will then refine that transcription because it's, it's audio that needs to be cleaned up for a, a clean procedure. And then they'll, they'll ref- refine it, distill it down, and then um, update that procedure accordingly. So then we have the video of me walking through the task, the transcription that um, AI helped us make, whether it's through uh, Loom or other sources. And then uh, the person who needs to do that task, authorship is ownership. They write it down, and then I make sure that they can execute on that task. So it's kind of it's full life cycle um, for for the training. It's not just I try to not decouple the training component from the recording and written component because I need the person to do the task to understand it. So it's it's a bit integrated in that way where where they get involved in the actual creation of the training procedure. I think that's really interesting because one of the biggest struggles people have when they go to hiring their first employee, it's kind of two things. The first is vague goals. They go, oh, well, I want you to grow my social media. Well, what does that mean, right? It's hard to know right. if you don't have a specific goals in mind, which is, oh, I want you to post on LinkedIn this many times, Twitter this many times, this kind of stuff. Here's our brand guide. Without that stuff, which is obviously the first thing, a person doesn't know goals to hit. And the second part is, well, what's your process? And for most of us, yeah, we just kind of know how we do it, but we haven't ever written it down. So using a tool like Loom, which records your screen and your voice while you're describing what you're doing, it's so much easier. Now, I do use some tools that every time I click the mouse, it takes a screenshot and it writes down mm-hmm. on what I'm saying, but it's still, you have to go back through and refine it because sometimes having a step-by-step process, for me, I like to have both because I watched the video training once and then when I need to go back through Scrubbing through a video to find the exact one second is sometimes hard. So I like to have both types of processes there. But making the video is so much easier. So once I master a process, I record that video and then I never have to do it again. What I used to do, and I'm sure you're familiar with this, I used to get on a Zoom call where I would be one-on-one, so I'm going to train them. And then I have to teach the exact same thing to the next person. So the first step to scaling is realizing that every time you're designing a process, write it down. And I always remember, I saw this cartoon as a kid, this Ghostbusters cartoon where he invented this machine that just was like a vacuum that captured all the ghosts in the city that someone tabotaged the machine explodes. And the other guy's like, no problem, we can build it again. Where are your notes? And the guy's like, I didn't make any notes. And I've always remembered that, like that taught me how important it is to keep a record of your process because it's exactly what happens. Like if someone quits your company, you're like, well, I don't know what he was doing or how he was doing. We don't have any records of what he was doing. And it's like really scary. So even when you're a one-person operation, this is a really good first step, which is to create a training system for everything you do or create a record. I'm constantly refining. I've been doing a lot on Pinterest lately because I've just been really... Pinterest has really grown for men. In the last year, 40% of the issue is growth for the first time ever. It's men and millennials. I'm like, yeah, okay. I got into it as well because it's very interesting. And once I, I learn something, I make a video and then I'm like, oh my gosh, I figured out a better way. Here's another video and here's another video. So I actually have all these trainings that each replace each other because each time I learn a better method, then that becomes a new training. And it's not really a problem because you're just recording yourself doing something. 
Now I do it with the camera off. So that way, if I have to cut out parts, it's not super obvious. So that's the only thing different than these videos. But otherwise, you're right. That's a great way to create a system. What are some other ways that you're using AI tools? And you can share which tools specifically you're using that are helping you to do things faster. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so um, other things I'm using, I mean, everyone knows ChatGPT at this point, but some of the um, some of the more, um, I guess, a little bit different ways that that I'm using ChatGPT. Um, I'm I'm really so we're we're generating content for social media posts a lot. Um, I have a team that sits in the Philippines, and there it's idea generation, um, and it's blog article creation for our website. Um, and also for posting, we have a blog on a couple of on a couple of real estate sites just to build our authority. And it's a lot a, a lot of idea generation. If we're looking to skinny down the characters, because um, sometimes ChatGPT will give you a laundry list of all this thing, all these things, and you really want to be more concise. I'll go through a couple of iterations with ChatGPT and say, "Well, give me that idea above, but in under a thousand characters." Um, I found word limits can be a little. Uh, tricky. Um, so if I give a character limit um, so for, for whatever reason, depending on the, the post, that sometimes is a more useful prompt for ChatGPT. Um, so that's th those are a couple of things. Um, and then again, going back to the operating procedures. You know, so if I have, okay, I need to develop, if I want idea generation, I want to say, okay, give me the best things to tell an acquisitions manager before they're going to a property um, what's the research that they should be doing? What type of clothing should they bring? Best practices for negotiation? Just some idea generation to get it down on paper. Then we we take that and we refine it for ourselves. Um, but really, just just getting information that we could then process and and make our own. Um, so those are those are just a couple things we use it for some SEO uh, optimization. We also hire a company that assists us with that, um, so that we can get our site to the top of Google rankings. Um, I mean, and it's every it, it's it's job descriptions, it, you know, it, it, for for hiring uh, posts for for public positions, other things. So it's it's really we go there for our first. Anytime we say, okay, we have a blank slate, what do we need? We go to ChatGPT or similar tools first, and then refine from there. I think this is a really important lesson because a lot of people think, oh, ChatGPT is going to replace everyone, but just as you're describing, it doesn't replace people. It just makes them faster and right. The areas where people get stuck the most, IG generation, especially because it's like, well, how many different blog posts can I write about houses? Right? right. It's very understandable for someone to get writer's block when they go, oh, this is the 50th house I've had to do a social media post about. Sometimes it helps to kind of go, oh, here's a new angle and to get that exact help because it's exactly where it kind of shines, which is coming up with new ideas, coming up with new angles. For me, I'm really good at rewriting something. So if it gives me a first draft that's not that good, that's not that big of a problem. I can either write rewrite in ChatGPT or on my own, but that's really where it shines as an accelerant. Sometimes people want the very first result to be perfect. And I'm that way. Whenever I'm designing a prompt, I want it to be one prompt to get a perfect result. I was working with someone yesterday who wants to write a book outline that's really long from three worksheets he has someone write. And I was like, oh, I want to get it in one prompt. But you can't because the output's not long enough for how long his outlines are. But I was really trying. You have to do it one chapter at a time. I'm like, I'm sorry, it takes two steps. But like, that's me. And a lot of people get stuck on that. Whereas in normal iteration, writing a blog post takes a couple of hours or even a whole day for adding in images and doing everything. These are long processes that we've gotten so used to accelerating. We forget how much of a difference it is when AI can give you a rough draft in five minutes. So 
These are some really good ways for people that are thinking about, oh, I'm not in an online business yet. You can still use these tools. A lot of people are starting to use AI tools and ChatGPT respond to work emails inside of another company. And I wonder at what point it's like two people are just, it's two ChatGPTs talking to each other. It's kind of how I view Twitter, which is like, it's just bot. Even I don't really use Twitter. I use it through a bot. Like I write my messages for the week in advance through a piece, through a tool, and then it posts everything for me. And I just wonder, is anyone actually on there reading content? I find it very hard to find anything that I want to see. It's so hard for me to search through it. So I just wonder, but you're exactly right that creating a lot of content can be very overwhelming. Like when I think about, even after this episode, right, I have to then make short clips of you looking the best, the best things you say, then I have to make them in three different shapes, vertical for TikTok, square for LinkedIn, and wide for for Twitter. And I've got to schedule them and do all that stuff, then share them with you in time for you to possibly share them. It really, without an AI tool to help me, that used to be such a nightmare. Even a small task, when you think about posting to multiple social networks, becomes so stressful. And I think that's one area where people kind of get overwhelmed. Now, are you focusing on just one social network first? Or are you doing the broad approach? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that question. Do you use Opus Clips by chance for some of your social media? Because we've been using them um, and it's it's been great. I mean, it, so um, we've been, so for, for interviews like this, we want to create reels and stuff like that. There's a lot of long form content or video content. Opus will scan that entire uh, interview. It could be 30, 40, 50, 60 minutes, whatever it is. And come up with reels based on our keywords and then actually put the words on the screen. So when you're scrolling through your Instagram and you see, you know, these reels with, you know, it has the words because no one, no one has the sound on their phone. So they, they just have the reels up there or with the wording. So Opus will actually create uh, that. Uh, it, it'll create that reel for you. So um, I'm sure you're using a similar tool, but we we use that. Um, and for, for your question regarding uh, social media. We're doing all the, um, it, it was a very manual process. We were doing LinkedIn posts. We were doing Facebook posts. We were doing Instagram. We we're doing all the, all the social media channels. And, um, it, it, it was quite manual, especially the real creation part. So, um, um, I have a team in the Philippines that assists now they, they use AI to speed up that process because I want them doing other things. Um, I want them finding and talking to motivated sellers. You know, the, the, the social media for me is an enabler. It, it, it builds authority. It, it, it builds trust and a connection. So, you know, someone receives our letter, they go online, they look us up. Um, they, uh, you know, the social media is a critical component, but I can't have my team only doing that, which is where the AI comes in. Uh, that's really good. I'm very interested in Opus. I use video, which is just, they came out a little bit before Opus, I think, but they're very, very similar. And here's what's interesting now is that there's probably 10 or 20 competitors that do the exact same thing, but it's becoming a feature so I record these via Riverside because of where I live. There's a 50% chance the power goes out during any podcast interview. Anytime I'm online, the power goes out. I have a generator, I have a battery backup. But when that happens, because it records locally and then uploads, nothing gets lost. Mm. So that's the reason I use this tool. But they added that feature now. Afterwards, you click one button, they make their clips. So they'll make 20 clips for me to choose from. Then if I transcribe and descript, now they have a tool that will make the social media clips. So it's become... It's, it's very interesting with AI how things start off being cutting edge because a year ago I had to drag the sliders around and try to manually make my clips. It was such a nightmare, but it was the best process out there. Then it was, oh, you can do it from the text, which is way better Then I can look at the text. And then these tools came out that automate and now all my other tools are adding it. We're kind of at this singularity point where something is 
unbelievable. Then it's a tool. Then it's a feature in every other tool. So it's very fast how things are changing. And in fact, I know Opus just put out a new update. I was looking at their new B-roll update with Opus version two. That's what they're competing against. They're not competing against other tools that do the same thing. They're competing against all these other tools that are making them a feature. So it's very interesting how creating content was so hard and took so long. And now it's getting faster and faster. The challenge is that a lot of the clips they pick are not good. Like I have, you have to watch them all because sometimes they'll pick, like they'll cut off stuff in the middle of sentences and it's very interesting. So that is the only thing that takes time. Whereas before I would have to sit and rewatch, which I hate, I don't know about you, but I do not want to watch me talk to you twice in a row. I, it like just makes me feel weird to watch myself twice. At least I only have to watch in one minute chunks. It saves so much time, right? Instead of spending 30 minutes, I can go through the clips at about 15, but they're isolated. And also what I like is now these tools, this is also what's crazy is every single tool is a social media manager. So now within the tool, I just click the social networks. I click one button, it writes the description with an AI in there. So I don't even have to third three-step it and it schedules it. So we're a couple of months ahead, which I try to stay ahead, like two or three months ahead. So I can schedule the post for when this is going to come out and it's all automated. And that means I used to have like five people on the back end of the podcast. They're gone because for me to really? process the entire podcast, everything from editing it to scheduling it for here and for video and all the social media stuff, including creating a custom graphic. I make a custom picture of you with AI that's like a cartoon version of you that looks awesome. That's already done. That entire process takes me two hours. It's done so quickly. And because I've just interviewed you, I can go quickly and do it right afterwards instead of needing a third person. It's kind of crazy. I like, we're used to need a large team for. I used to have 20 people. Now I only have two. And more stuff is getting done. So it's very cool to using Opus. That is one of the better tools out there. It's very interesting. I'm always like playing around with it and testing it because I'm like, I bought it a year subscription with video and they keep adding features. They're all kind of in a race to add more and more features. So that's a really cool tool you're using. What else are you using as part of your workflow? Are there any things that are kind of real estate specific that you're using as part of your business? There's some interesting like twists for AI and real estate. So nothing that's really, I'm sure there are some real estate specific tools, um, but nothing um, nothing just yet that I could say, oh yes, they don't serve any other sector. Um, we, we use, um, we're, we're experimenting with some note takers. So I have, my team consists of nine full-time employees and we have, we have team meetings and we talk about different things and goals. We assign tasks, we schedule follow-ups. And in addition to my assistant who, who's monitoring those things, we also try to, we're, we're experimenting with some of the some of the note takers that just kind of they're bots that just listen in on the meeting and uh, record transcriptions because then we have what everyone said and by due dates. So, I mean, some of them, um, some of them, Jamie, Otter, um, Fireflies, I mean, you, you can look them up, but we haven't found one that's perfect just yet. But the, 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 the truth is that with, with where we are in our business, we're not like a large corporation where we need, you know, we have all these different stakeholders and things. The, the acquisition managers know their leads. We use um, we use Salesforce. We we have a lot of the notes recorded in there. So it's not we're not really driving projects and have complex deliverables, long um, project cycles. So, but j- just for like the quick notes and and meeting summaries, those tools are really good, at least for what we use. Yeah, it's really interesting with those tools in particular because we haven't figured out what's rude versus polite. Because sometimes people will come to a meeting and they all bring their own note taker. And because yeah, it's a yeah, separate yeah. login, like, oh, so-and-so's note taker, so-and-so's note taker. And I don't really like it. 
I don't yeah. like having like six note takers watching me and all that. It's, I don't know. And I know everyone has a different opinion. And now, of course, Zoom itself is trying to directly compete with that by like, now they'll make a bunch a transcript of every meeting. And it's like, yeah, yeah. It's exactly what I'm talking about where tools are becoming features on other tools. And it's like, everyone's merging. And it can be a little bit overwhelming because you develop a process and there's a new process that's like more refined oh, yeah. that comes out a week later, a month. Like one of the challenges with ChatGPT in particular is that they're constantly release updates and then they don't tell anyone. So you <laughs> never know. I usually, sometimes I'll find out there's a new feature that's hidden. It's like three clicks away. I know people that didn't know there were plugins on ChatGPT for six months after they were released because they were so well hidden. And I don't know why they have this approach. A bunch of AIs do this, right? Like they don't tell you how it works. You got to figure it out yourself. It's just a blank page. Like all of the AI chatbots are like this. And it means that you're constantly trying to figure out a process. And then, oh, there's a new feature that came out. They just released a bunch of new features last week. And then you have to go and log in and see if you're one of the chosen ones who gets access. I was one of the last one to get access to Dollar Three, but one of the first ones to get access to GPTs. So people I follow are like, oh, I hope I get access soon. I was like, oh my gosh, I got access. But then Twitter's AI, the Grok thing was like, oh, you're on the wait list. So you never know. <laughs> like it's this whole game you're playing where tools are coming in. And sometimes we feel this need, oh, I have to have the most cutting edge tool. But once you have a process that works, you don't have to constantly change it. And I think that's yeah, the important lesson. Yeah, I'd love to piggyback on that because I, one of the biggest gaps that I found in my team is the uh, the use of AI and, okay, we're going to try this and this new thing. And really the, the, the challenge for me has been, okay, how do we get all this information though? There's so much information, but how do I get it into the, the minds and hearts of the team and to the employees so that we can use it? The information is good. It's a tool, but I found that um, just onboarding acquisition managers, there is a point where information alone uh, is insufficient. Mentorship, one-on-ones, um, leadership, team building, team culture, there, there is eventually an intersection where, where I found that I, I found myself, the mistake that I made is, well, we have a procedure for that. How come you didn't follow the procedure? And we, we're using all these tools. We're trying to advance ourselves and push ourselves to the next level. And AI is the way to do that. And I found that for some team members, a lot of them, without really those, uh, the, the one-on-ones, the touch points, the trainings, the continuous education, the information itself is, um, it's just that it's information. And and it's really leveraging the execution of that information that that is the biggest obstacle for me right now in my business. I I I think a little naively went into AI looking at, oh well now now we have all the answers at our fingertips, so it's just going to work better. And while you can produce more content, you can produce training materials, getting people to follow the process, do the things, uh, talk with the customers in the right way, really execute on those procedures has been the challenge for me. So. Um, I'm really trying to um, use AI as a tool, but also recognize that it's uh, um, that people are people, right? And so we have to we have to work with them. Yeah, that's a really good point, which is that we think AI can replace everyone, but it really can't. And there are people who learn different ways. One of the challenges for me right. is that ChatGPT thinks the way I do. And so it does what I expect. And that's not fair because for most people, it's not that way. I just got really lucky that it happened to program in a way that's completely logical to me. Like every time he gives an answer, I go, oh, that makes sense. And I know how to curve around or I know how to adjust. I know exactly what's going on. I was on a call with someone who works at OpenAI last week. I was like, hey, are these the next three updates coming out? And I said three things. And he goes, I can either confirm or deny, but wow. 
And I was like, oh, cool. Because I was like, that's the feeling I had. And then they released them like two days later. So I wasn't that far ahead of the curve. But that's really sometimes when we're really good at a tool, and it sounds like you've really gotten good at AI, sometimes we forget that the learning curve could be a little steeper for other people. Like sometimes, I can't tell you how many times I have to reach out to someone on my team, like, hey, where do we store the videos again? Hey, where's the list of SOPs? And I just sometimes can't remember where things get placed, even when I'm personally set up the original storage system. So it's very normal. So it's really good to see that there's still an interaction between kind of technology and team building because sometimes people, there's a lot of people that think, oh, AI is going to replace everyone. And there's other people that think that say, oh, I hope AI is going to replace everyone, but it's really somewhere in between, which it kind of is the great equalizer. Like I see the biggest advantage of AI is that it gives everyone in other countries, Philippines, India, Eastern Europe, South Africa, are really capable of their jobs. Now they have perfect English. So now they've kind of got the great equalizer and there's no longer can you just tell by someone's spelling mistakes that they're not a native English. So it's kind of really helping those people the most. So I think it's very exciting. That's how you're growing your team. And I'm really excited to have you on here. Now, where can people find out more about what you're doing, kind of see what you're doing in the real estate game and see what kind of social media content and blog posts you're putting out using these AI tools? Yeah, sure. So my website is peaceonproperties.com. Um, and it's Peas on Properties on all the social media platforms, and and that's where you can find that's where you can find us and and learn more about what we're doing. That's perfect. Thank you so much for being here. Of course, it'll be right below the video on YouTube, right in the show notes. If you're watching this or listening to this on your favorite podcast player, thank you guys so much for being here. This has been an amazing episode of the Artificial Intelligence Podcast. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Artificial Intelligence Podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back next Monday with more tips and tactics on how to leverage AI to escape that rat race. Head over to artificialintelligencepod.com now to see past episodes, leave a review, and check out all of our socials.